passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our post-wrestling Survivor Series review. I am John Pollock, joined as always by Mr. Wei Ting. Hello, Wei. How you doing, John? I'm doing well. I a WWE pay-per-view that finished in under three hours. Is perfect that so? Length. Oh, perfect length of a pay-per-view, I've got to say. I mean, how often have they not finished under three hours recently? Um, it's they've they've been hitting the three hour mark, but tonight tonight show in particular, I, I thought we were easily going past the, the three hour mark. So it was um like th- there was there was a no time wasted um feel on this show, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here to discuss the Survivor Series and, of course, the big news in the closing seconds of the Survivor Series. There was Living Color with their brand new remastered version and uh, of Cult of Personality and Outwalks. One Bill Phil himself, Phil Brooks, almost a decade removed from his WWE exit and returning to the WWE and your initial reaction way to the return of CM Punk to WWE. I, I don't, you know, I haven't been online this entire day, so I don't know what the expectations were heading into this pay-per-view. I wasn't really online even during the um, pay-per-view itself. So I was completely shocked. I was not expecting it. Um, I I think, you know, had read recent reports saying that this was not going to happen, and I pretty much just kind of accepted it. I didn't think the show needed it, to be honest. Um, so it was not something I expected. So I was totally surprised. Is this something that you look at? I mean, for for the next, um, you know, this is obviously going to be the talking point coming out of this show. And obviously this this can go one of two ways. It can go the way that here is this guy that is coming back. And this is truly going to be the 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 run to kind of solidify his his legacy. And for those that are looking at this AEW run as a disappointment, um, this is that opportunity to have a major league run here in WWE for uh, what should probably be the last full-time run of his career. The man is 45 years old now. And then there's going to be the others that once, once the, um, the freshness of this wears off, will there be those inevitable problems? Um, It's a very different company than the one, um, than the one 10 years ago. And even the one several years ago, this is no longer Vince McMahon's company. You can also argue this is not Paul Levesque's company. Like, yes, he is the head creative force, but he is a cog in the wheel of TKO that is now running this, that is in control. And I'm certain that in time we will see kind of the uh, the machinations that uh, led to this. But I don't think anyone, I, I think the percentages going into the show tab this return as low, but I think anyone can look at this as, you know what, if, Obviously, he wanted to do it. And for the WWE, they were in a position where they could take it or leave it. 
I don't think they need CM Punk, but you're looking at a time when this raw deal means a whole lot for this company to uh, get this next television deal. And it could be not finalized till next summer once the NBA deals are set in place. And you're coming off a really fantastic number up against Monday Night Football this past Monday. And Punk is, if the idea is let's put every bullet in the chamber as we go into these negotiations and listen, the guy is um, a massive star, a huge, compelling figure for us. And listen, if we can bring him in and he is, he turns into an asset for us, well, even better. It just makes us look like here, we are the company that can fully uh, manage a CM Punk as difficult as that might be to process given the the long history between uh, Punk and this company. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think strictly looking at it, even regardless of whether or not they're offered TV negotiation, which um, I, I don't even know how much that is uh, relative to CM Punk's hiring. I, I think all they're simply looking for is, can we make money off of this guy? Can we generate, you know, um, interest in our product by bringing this guy in? And all the concerns that I think you and I and every fan has discussed, I'm sure has been discussed even more thoroughly you know by the people that are in charge of this multi-billion dollar company and despite all that they feel that it's worthy to take a risk because they feel like the, it's it, the investment is worthwhile and that the, the return is worthwhile you know um i we've kind of talked about his potential return to wwe like at length and i think everything still applies i think here he's a small fish in a big pond and will likely be much you know especially after recent events handled much more um you know on, on a much shorter leash um so i don't think the same concerns may apply but locker room morale i think would be one um so i'd be very curious to know what sort of internal discussions may be taking place how much talent were made aware of it and were talent even maybe at some points lied to about it? Do they feel, you know, like like they were were tricked? But in the name of, of good business and maybe secret keeping, I mean, I think all of that can kind of be sort of like wiped away through those explanations. I, I don't even need uh, anyone to, to come out and, and state it that I'm sure this one was kept to a very small circle of people. Like I, I would I, like pure guessing. I would imagine like Punk showed up at the arena probably during this main event. I mean, it was probably their whole like uh, just have him under lock and key to and probably having a, a camera on him from the second he left his house to the walking into the Allstate arena and all of that will uh, be used for uh, production uh, down, down the road. But I mean, listen, they treated him like a, coming in. He's an instant main eventer, totally um, stole whatever thunder Randy Orton might've had for, for his return because coming out of this show, Randy Orton's return was already secondary. Um, like 15 minutes after this guy returned. It's true. But I mean, so what right like in the end you have this to me reminded me a whole lot of like um that was all all out right all not 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 this all out but the uh other all out where uh brian danielson and uh adam cole both made their appearances at the same time i mean you you already kind of got one surprise that maybe a lot of yeah I mean, we were all expecting already in randy but to get the surprise on top of the surprise um i think only heightens 
the feeling we all have coming out of this show and our opinion on the product itself. If it was already at a high level, well, I think it's that much higher when you deliver a surprise on top of another surprise. Yeah. And I mean, I would certainly put him on, on Monday's show. And I think that's going to be a massive, um, a massive show for the company. And I think it'll be just another example of CM Punk drawing a, a big number. And this will be a very, I mean, certainly, I, th- I think if you're CM Punk and you're looking at 44% in uh, this year's uh, Hall of Fame ballot, like, what do uh, I need to do to make up that 16%? This year is going to determine that. I'm sure that's exactly why he decided to come back. What, what are your personal feelings on CM Punk's return? I think it's, I think they are. See, I wouldn't have said that it was like there was a period where I would say when when Punk had first left that there was so much reason to try and um, reconcile with CM Punk in 2014. There was such a demand and this continued for years. And I think in time, once Punk talked about it more, um, when when he came to AEW and the fact that he spoke like this guy was concerned he was going to die in this company that this was a experience for him that was um you know wh- whether you feel that was a a realistic outcome of uh his his life being at, at risk this guy had severe problems in in this company that i think really messed him up i mean his words were i was sick i was sick um and had to get away from wrestling and had to leave wrestling for seven and a half years because of um getting this all out of his system now he has gone through AEW. I think it was as much as the greatest critic of CM Punk uh, can come at him. I I do not doubt that this man has um, a tremendous desire to go out there. And I, I don't think he wants this this last run to be his his last chapter in professional wrestling. I think he still has an incredible passion for it. And if he's coming in with, with that headspace and the ability to divorce himself from all the stuff about getting fired on his wedding day and the sh- uh, the whole lawsuit stuff, as much as, you know, th- like all that, that stuff, that's um, if that guy can put that all as water under the bridge, I don't know how many people could do that, to be quite honest. But I mean, he's he's entering this and he knows uh, what, what the deal is. But again, it is a very different company now. And perhaps that. Like, I would be curious who were the the key people negotiating with them here. And if you're looking at Paul Levesque and they they have their history, I mean, on all we can judge on is those final minutes of the pay-per-view. And he made him feel like CM Punk is the biggest star on our roster. That's how he was presented. Yeah, sir. So like this think... guy was presented coming in and it's like, OK, you're going to have to pay your dues to uh, um, at least on night one. This guy was given, you know, he was the star of the show easily coming out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, as far as like everything to do with the way he left the company 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, however long it was at this point, I I get the sense like that stuff has maybe been forgiven, especially when those reports were out there of him actually going backstage to, to try to talk, you know, to to Levesque and, and, and other members of the, of the WWE. Um, there's also basically the basic sort of fact of this being punk's only option to work in professional wrestling being paid at the level that i think he's accustomed to with the level of exposure that he's accustomed to and when you only have one place to work well you're probably going to um forgive a a lot maybe including a grudge from 10 years ago 
you know, a big grudge nonetheless, but um, still, you know, um, it, it felt like maybe he had, as of like, you know, those reports had already moved past that. Um, the audience perception of CM Punk, I think, continues to be a really interesting one. I mean, you know, somebody's pointing out in the um, chat room that, I mean, a lot of his promos in AEW were about WWE. He spent the last 10 years talking about how miserable and how much he hates being in this company. Do you see any well, audience? Welcome to professional wrestling, folks. Like, I mean, just circumstances change. And people are allowed to, as well, change their their opinions. I mean, right. listen, we are probably going to be looking at a CM Punk that will probably be booked in Saudi Arabia next year. I mean, there are, yeah. like, that's, you know, you, you know what the deal is co- coming in here. And there will, there will be those that view him as a hypocrite. Um, I also look at, people are allowed to... <laughs> to flip-flop on opinions over time and changes. Um, I, I hope it's sincere, though. I hope he's not entering a system that is going to be destructive to him. And I could argue that this guy has a love for professional wrestling, but it also has, I mean, look at the, just look at the, the AEW run. Let's don't even talk about WWE. Like AEW, I think, probably did a number on him mentally as well. And, mm-hmm. and, some of it brought on by himself a lot of it probably brought on by himself Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm just more more so speaking about like you know audience perceptions i mean certainly we're in toronto sorry chicago tonight and and that's going to be you know the biggest possible babyface reaction you could have with the cm punk do you see negative reactions being attached to him either in any sort of life setting or continuously um through online discourse yeah, or do, or do we a, simply forget about everything? And hey, this is like the fresh new toy in the WWE toy box, and we can all get excited about these potential matchups. Does, well, does the, 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 the comeback is going to override a lot? He's going to come out, it, providing he's on the show Monday night. I think he comes out. He's going to cut an amazing speech, mm-hmm. and he is going to probably just set the set the tone for this return. And you're going to have an audience that is going to treat this as here is the prodigal son that has come home. Of course, you'll have people that are going to look at look at him negatively. I mean, that's that's to be expected. But is that going to be the overwhelming majority? I doubt it. And I think it's it's very apropos here at that uh, Nick Houseman is here at the uh, the press conference um, that I have on, on here. Will we get a CM Punk press conference tonight? We'll find out. I'm sure. From the chat we'll find out it was interesting though and just circling it and tying it in with with nick houseman who was on with brandon thurston and i this week is that one of the uh things that nick had spoken about was you know from those that he had spoken to at wwe this idea of wwe having this desire to focus on the younger stars in aew watch them kind of come up and then go for go for their young stars and then when the wwe talent is starting to age out letting those talents go, let those older talents go to AEW. And in this case, it's it's not just an older talent, but it's also a talent that has caused so much chaos that if you are a Tony Khan tonight, are you looking at this as, damn, they got him and this is a huge get for them? Or are you looking at it of, this is going to be great for them short term, jury's out long term. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this will be... Um, way more trouble than it's worth there's there's no way to know you would think that this guy is going to have an understanding that this is it for me in a major league setting that again that i can make this amount of money with but listen this has been uh, it's been both the the biggest i I think the chip on cm punk's shoulder has both benefited him and greatly hurt him in in his career and there's been both and you can argue that 
overall it's it's done him better like he would not be at this level um without that but at the, at the same time he has also um cost himself in certain situations too mm-hmm. I think it's impossible to tell the future with this man. This this is probably one of the most unpredictable, like top stars we've ever had in the industry. If you told me three months from now he'll be out of this company, like I, I none of us would be surprised. At the same time, um, I think the hope is always out there. Every, every time somebody has gone through what this guy has gone through, that his return would be different. I, I mean, we all thought his return back to AEW earlier this year would be entirely different, and yet you can argue it was it was even worse. The big difference, of course, is that this is a completely different system that, you know, and, and again, this guy is going to be on a much shorter leash. Um, I, I, I'm sure he's going to be on his best behavior. I also we also don't even know what sort of schedule he's going to be on. Like know? this is all fresh. We don't know like length of a deal like this. For all we know, like this could be this could be a short term deal. It could be a long term deal. It could like, let's see where, where this goes. You're right. Schedule wise. I mean, sh- sh- this is a guy that's had several major injuries over the last two years. Like, do you want him there every single week um, wrestling? No less. Um, we're going to find out, but you know, for, for, for the night, like this is, this is going to be the major story and we'll look back on this in a, a year's time. And we'll look back at the, the CM Punk project. Was this a great pickup for them? And if not, is it that is it going to be that detrimental to WWE either? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And their their ability to keep this a secret, um, I I think this is probably like this is one of the biggest surprises I think they've ever kept. You know, um, and and I'm I'm just reading some of Sean Rossap's um, tweets here. He's saying that. Uh, I'm told Triple H personally called for CM Punk's music at production. So meaning, I guess he stepped into production and just um, at that point, maybe revealed even even to his own staff that this was happening. Uh, and that's also what's what's he saying? Uh, he didn't know until two minutes before his music hit and he walked through the stage. So hey, um, you can still keep suspense alive, I suppose. these days. I mean, let's let's not um, discredit either the fact like who believed our truth was showing up tonight. Uh, who was so talking was a about very small circle who's was, talking about our truth showing up tonight yeah, yeah three big returns tonight huge yes. very big uh i'm sure people will want to talk about cm punk later so we will be uh opening up feedback and calls to our members at postwrestlingcafe.com that is where you can go and support post wrestling and get multiple bonus shows per week including a collision course that will be coming out sunday with kate and john uh rewind to smackdown with myself and Wei ting and rewind away a bi-weekly show where we go back and review the best and worst that pro wrestling history has to offer this Thursday. Unfortunately, it's some of the worst as we chat December to December 2006, featuring the extreme elimination chamber from Augusta, Georgia. Was he in punk on that one? I forget. Yes, he was in the elimination okay. chamber match. So Whoa. it all ties in together. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all of you guys watching us live right now at youtube.com slash post wrestling. Do us a favor. Give us a subscribe and a like. We are still a fledgling channel on YouTube and uh, every little bit helps. And of course, if you want to really support us, you can get a question in later on with a super chat uh, that we will get to. I'm sure a lot more CM Punk discussion as we get to your feedback after our Survivor Series War Games review. Yes. And just uh, monitoring the uh, the press conference here. I mean, it's been Hunter just... Um taking questions for these this first 20 minutes so um if we have news to pass along we will but let's get into survivor series itself this post wrestling podcast is brought to you by nerd wallet smart money podcast financial literacy can be daunting but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with 
On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you well, thank you. Um, I thought this was going to be the biggest headline way. Uh, as of uh, just before the showtime, WrestleTix was reporting 17,080 tickets distributed. On the air, Michael Cole announcing 17,138. Almost fell out of my seat. I mean, wow. this might have been um, <laughs> a totally legit number that Michael Cole provided. And pretty much it's it's almost verbatim. For every WWE broadcast, they always extend by like at least 2,000 people. That's usually the the amount that they tack on here. Um, this sounds like this was a totally legitimate number that Michael Cole um, gave out. Are you aware what what the what the what the Allstate Arena tops out at in WWE speak? Like, what's the highest like they've ever done for? So that they program? announced a slightly higher number for the WrestleMania we went to at the Allstate Arena in 2006. But I almost guarantee you that was an inflated number because of the fact the stage was much bigger at that WrestleMania. This this was an extremely um, stripped down setup. Like you did have the the cages out there and uh, and um, the pods that they had to wait in. But I mean, dude, they I don't know if it had to do with the layout. Dude, they put the kickoff panel outside in 35 Fahrenheit weather. They yeah. had to do an hour, and do, you could see the the they're blowing out the 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 air. I could not believe they threw this panel outside. I don't know if that was just, um, hey, we're we're putting seats there, but man, I felt awful for this panel. It's a very good question. Yeah, I I I wouldn't doubt that it might be related to that. Hey, we want to open up a few more seats, and um, this year they went legitimate. And how much of that? What do you what do you think is the decision making behind going legit with these numbers? I think it's just it's a mentality that they have like let's be let's be honest about it listen the business is awesome right now and this is an incredibly successful survivor series this is probably going to end up being um the most successful event they've ever run at the all-state arena it's going to be the most successful survivor series in history it's like we always say when the real numbers are impressive why do we have to exaggerate why don't you just have a positive response instead of like people that are there why did they say 20,000 when they had 17,138? And that's already impressive. Like, dude, they were packed to the rafters. In the, this was a super hot ticket. The get-in price was over 100 bucks. Like, there's a huge demand. We can just go with that. Does the UFC inflate numbers? Or yes, have they been they, known to? They, they do inflate. Though. I mean, not to the same level mm-hmm. um, that WWE does. But getting the Polestar numbers now, like, there is some exaggeration that may just be a difference of like comps and stuff like that it, it's nowhere like wwe but sometimes you do see some little discrepancy so how much of this is it might be tko's decision it could be like just you know why i, I don't know i don't know what the, what the mm-hmm. thinking is i don't think it's anything like a concern like of an sec level like they've been doing this forever like inflating numbers um yeah it's just it, just a, a welcome change so the the kickoff again, Kayla Braxton, Booker T, Jackie Redman, and Peter Rosenberg out in the cold. Um, Byron Saxton interviewed Santos Escobar, just said that he delivered justice to Ray for living in his shadow. And 
They call themselves mentors, but what they really are are gatekeepers. And Dragon Lee has spirit, but spirit doesn't win fights. And he's going to make Dragon Lee a cautionary tale when he faces him tonight. And we get the results. Team Bel Air gets the advantage based on the Ruffles poll online. Yes, as the panel started eating chips and talking through it, you must have loved this. I didn't even have the sound on, to be quite honest, oh, so I, I can't say it was bothering me. Uh, first of all, like, you know, we're talking about the attendance and, and the clear success of, the, of this particular show. Can you see them bringing it to a stadium next year? Uh, the attendance? Oh, Survivor Series. War, Survivor Series, War Games specifically. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount it. They seem to be very I'm I'm surprised, honestly, they're going to Germany and they're going to Paris next year. And I, I don't know what the situation is um, in that particular area of France that they're going to. But Germany, for certain, they totally could have run a stadium there. Um, right. Like there's such a, a huge demand in Europe. I'm surprised they didn't go there, but um, they, they, they could like I could see SummerSlam Survivor Series. These are they have greatly elevated survivor series standing over these last two editions with war games it's entirely thanks to the war games you know format so at this point it's very clear that it's here to stay um i mean we we were we spent decades talking about survivor series kind of being like like a classic big four pay-per-view that that doesn't even feel like it's i don't know top five top six anymore um, and now it's really clawed its way back to feeling like an actual big four with a, a, a match type that is an actual attraction on the level, at least of an elimination chamber, if not even approaching a Royal Rumble right now. So I'm I, I could totally see them bringing it to a bigger venue next year. There was a year it did a bad number on pay-per-view. Vince was ready to ditch Survivor Series like after mm-hmm. all of the years. And this was only in like the last 15 years. And. I guess, you know, uh, at the end of the day, they argued that, well, probably the name isn't the reason people aren't buying this. But it was a brand that, I mean, if they had gotten rid of it, I mean, there would have been the uh, the, the nostalgia uh, connection to it. But I don't think they would have lost any sleep over dropping Survivor Series. Like, it was just, um, it really been, you know, usurped by your money in the banks and, and those shows. But, hey, they've done a great job these last two years. And the War Games has been a winning concept so far. And you ride that until until it feels flat. And that's something I imagine you have to entirely credit to Lebec, you know, and, and, and the concept that he brought back under NXT and now a very clear success on the main roster. The other aspect of this uh, whole thing, and maybe I wanted to talk, talk about before um, we, we get into the review, was the whole Raw versus SmackDown theming of it. I mean, the logo is still very much red and blue. The colors tonight were, were all red and blue. And you had those segments with Adam Pierce and um, Nick Aldis in the lead up to this that ended up really playing no factor at all throughout tonight's matches. There were no raw versus SmackDown themed anything, no presence from all this or, or, or peers at all tonight. So like, what was all, what was all that about? I think it's been very awkward in the sense of this brand split that it seems they're on it. They're off it. Like they did the whole draft. They installed two GMs and, Let's remember, like, this was also during a period where, like, Vince was suddenly back in the mix and he was having a lot more say. And then it seems, you know, he was more he's more removed now um, than that time. I'm sure a lot of that it's creative direction of what how much of the brand split do they want to play up? And I would say this is like it's there, but it's not this definitive, um, you know, raw and smackdown on either side. I think you're going to see mixing when necessary. And to be honest, I think the audience just, they do not respond to raw versus SmackDown. It's not a, 
it's it's not a concept that has clicked and why it's it's there if it ever heats up but it's not so let's let's not go that direction it seems like something served fine for tv but as far as matchmaking goes i mean the idea of hey i'm on this show therefore i'm gonna hate automatically the other person on the other show it really has not worked for several years now so i'm glad to see that they're they're pretty much moving away from that at least for this this month or this year i should say First matchup is the women's war games match with Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Shotzi against Io Sky, Bailey, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane in the women's war games match. Becky and Bailey start the match. And um, did you notice there was um th- there were ruffles um logos around the ring? I think a few, yes. Yeah, did you catch yeah. them? I mean, the arena pretty much just changed into a customizable ruffles potato chip arena. I mean that uh, I, I, this might have been um, one of the, one of the higher making, uh, higher drawing uh, war games matches in all of his history, perhaps. I bet Nick Khan's watching this match and he's just picturing the the Scrooge uh, the the Scrooge McDuck uh, scene. Yeah. And, uh, where could we have I, a, a Ruffles branded metal pipe that the the wrestlers could have used? Perhaps you know where else lost opportunity. Yeah, where else could we have uh, jammed a logo? That in? should have been a Slim Jim. Uh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Instead of kendo sticks, just the giant Slim Jim. Yes. Yeah. Everyone was tying uh, in Punk's return to that logo that they had for Slim Jim, where it was the knuckles together that read Long Boys. What? Really? You'd need to see it. I mean, okay. you could certainly see. Um, it, it was a stretch, but by the end, the okay. conspiracy theorists went out. So Bailey and Becky start this match, and it's a very hot crowd. They're reacting to everything. They had a pretty great crowd uh, tonight um, mm-hmm. in, in Chicago. Becky tosses her into the fence and applies the disarmor when Dakota Kai is just by the ringside area and uses the kendo stick, and this is all allowed, allowed and feeds the kendo stick in, and Bailey just attacks Becky as the five-minute period ends. So now every three minutes, a new entrant comes in. We start with Shotzi, and this is the the War Games potluck, where you get to enter the match, and you get to bring in your weapon of choice with regards to uh, Fat Boy Slim. And this crowd only wanted tables. That's all they wanted. After kendo sticks, don't even joke about a trash can lid being the option of what you're bringing in give us a goddamn table that's what the crowd wanted Uh, again another missed opportunity for a ruffles logo on that table eosky comes after shotzi she brings a chain into the ring and becky gets busted open here and has to roll over to the referee to uh, communicate and sell for a while then bianca belair they they mentioned that this was eosky's fifth war games and she has been in every wwe iteration of a women's war games match which is very um impressive and kind of surprising to me you know she's she's one of the more tenured war games veterans maybe in all of history at this point there you go we have our next streak in professional wrestling the eosky war games streak so uh, Belair comes in and starts whipping Bailey and Sky with her braid. Then Bailey uses a chair to shield the braid, and Bailey and Sky each grab a braid because she's got two of them coming out, and they flip her off the turnbuckle. She lands on her feet, and then the three are standing above Bailey and Sky as the countdown begins. Kyrie Sane is next in. She grabs the trash can lid, and boy, did this crowd not want to see a trash can lid in this match. Sky does a pop-up on Sane to come down with an elbow to Shotzi, who's buried underneath all of these chairs. Charlotte Flair is next in her first War Games match. Mm-hmm. Has she never gotten into one of these? I guess there's only been two on the main roster. So, yeah. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that does make sense. 
So she's involved, hits uh she hits two natural selections off the turnbuckles, as Michael Cole calls them blockbusters. And Corey Graves says, You could almost say they were natural selections, and it was like a light bulb went over Cole's head. He's like, You're right, you're right. He's too busy looking up his triple tails notes. He was um, yeah, we had I had plenty of Michael Cole notes on on this particular uh, broadcast. And then uh we we see um Eosky climb up to the top of the cage she sends down a chain and kai hooks up a trash can to the chain to which eo like reels it up to the top unhooks it puts the trash can over her head and leaps off the top with a high cross onto everyone this was a a spot she did in 2020 i believe in the prior war games match and uh it's awesome it's so weird seeing a giant flying trash can and probably incredibly scary to do without being able to see are you kidding me this would be frightening to do could you imagine if they had asked her to turn around to do a moonsault um that's a sasuke move um and you know you have to be that crazy in order to try it a great spot crowd went insane and then oscar's the final entrant and brings in a fire extinguisher with the kendo sticks so the 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 match beyond begins at 24 minutes and 20 seconds and they go about uh, just over nine minutes oscar missed shotzi in the face so the question now remains how what percentage of shotzi has been compromised by the mist clearly none she seemed to escape i i don't think in this universe um miss works the same um it doesn't corrupt, I suppose. So, yes, Eos guy did hit the big uh, high cross off the top of the trash can lid, but that was not the spot of the match because, dare I say, maybe maybe we have a um, a bootleg patron out there because then <laughs> Charlotte Flair climbs to the top of the steel cage and all the women are set up and she goes for the moonsault and, dude, Eos guy got cracked with this moonsault and Ooh. graves duty. It was like, he got to his feet. She hit it. And it was verbatim. What I said at the same time, she actually hit a target with this moonsault and boy, did she clearly, she was listening last night on Rwanda Smackdown um, in your criticism frequently of this moonsault, not hitting anybody. She definitely made contact with this one um, on, on EO's head. Predominantly. Oh, dude, EO took this one. If ever there was one of her moonsaults that, that could have been meant, this, this this was the one maybe, but hey, she she did hit it. Maybe that's why she doesn't like to land it so much because whoever they also, catches it. This shot, they zoomed out for it as, as well. Um, Which I love. I usually love like high spots when you can see the, the actual distance. I hate it when they like close up. I mean, um, on replays, fine, but like the, the actual shot, uh, you want to see the distance that the person is traveling. And it was a very impressive moonsault. Flair and Becky work together. They double team Kyrie with a power bomb, and then they're staring at one another and they embrace and have a hug. How would you rank the this hug? Um, I thought it was a little bit um aggressive, didn't you, John? You know, I thought like, that yeah, like Becky was um like it felt very forced. You know, it was almost like she was being electrocuted when she put her arms around <laughs> Charlotte because, dude, she was like, like moving all over the place. I think Charlotte wanted to have a genuine embrace here, but Becky was just, um, like, um, I don't know. She was She's like, like, yeah, let's hug. We're, I mean, we're hugging. We're hugging. It is War Games, okay? Um, CM Punk was probably hanging out backstage. She's just pumped up, all right, for this hug. Um, I thought maybe, um, a better moment was like last night. I don't know even know if this was on camera or not, but like when, when they went for the pinky thing that they used to do, I thought that was actually 
more than you needed for this. But I mean, the hug does get a bigger reaction, I suppose. I think coming out of this, I don't think they should just separate these two mm-hmm. on brands. Like, honestly, these two should, even if it's just going for the tag titles or doing something together, I do feel there's an interest now. Like, you went to the effort of pr- portraying this reunion on screen that it would seem like a waste to just they go back to their separate brands and you don't revisit well, this. Let's also remember, you might have Bailey coming out of this no longer part of damage control and the history between those three, of course. And of course it'll lead to more speculation about maybe their fourth um, potentially making a return as well. But yeah, I, I definitely would keep them together at least for a few, few weeks. So graves is uh, we, we go through all these, these uh, different spots here. Bailey is breaking up all these submissions. Graves calls her the MVP for all the saves that she is making. Belair then sprays Oscar with the fire extinguisher. Sky hits a chair shot to Belair from behind and insane with this crazy spinning trash can lid that nails Shotzi. Bailey then takes the bullet, saving Kyrie from a spear by Charlotte. And Shotzi hits the senton to Bailey. She takes the KOD and finally a manhandle slam off the turnbuckle through the table. So Bailey just takes it from all four women and is pinned in 33 minutes and 37 seconds as the baby faces prevail. They celebrate uh, on top of the cage. And it really does feel like Bailey is going to be the one that is a. Uh, put out the pasture here by damage control or at least they will spend some time maybe telling that story and continuing the tension and teases of whether or not bailey uh, who's clearly going babyface at this point you know um whether or not she is going to be a part of damage control i i thought this was a good war games match um i felt like it was maybe a step below some of the women's war games matches we've seen within the wwe but i thought in terms of spectacle they more than delivered i think what you've kind of come to expect the trash can spot was great charlotte's moonsault was was very impressive i felt like they were at a disadvantage having the baby faces you know basically when the the ruffles um coin toss here they were at a disadvantage having the advantage Yes, exactly. It's it's. I don't me, disagree. I I thought I really thought that they could have taken what we were discussing that make Charlotte and Becky the first two, and it's like they and you could tell the story throughout the match like they can't get along at the beginning, and they're going to mm-hmm. blow the the numbers advantage because of their history. Yeah. And throughout the match, you tell the story that leads up to the hug, and it kind of offsets that. But you're right. I mean, it's there's a reason the heels always have the advantage. It's such a better story to tell. It's easy. The whole point is you're getting a series of hot tags from the baby faces coming in to bail the heels out, and by having the baby faces be in an advantage, they you could get away with it. But like you said, John, you need to do something to somehow put the baby faces at a disadvantage despite winning the coin toss and they really didn't like they just had Shotzi basically lie around in the corner maybe you had a brief moment or, or some brief moments after the miss but that came kind of late into the match so to me the bulk of this match before the match beyond wasn't all that dramatic but um i think it'll be remembered for the big spots and i think they had some nice sequences at the end too um just when everybody else was in so you have that um you know so so coming out of this what do we have what what are some of the directions you think you have the bailey story obviously um i guess the question about whether becky and charlotte this was just for the night or you you go somewhere further with it and i i think you can you can definitely go with any of these women in terms of um, challenges for EO, I guess, minus Becky, but you, you could do a short-term program with Shotzi. Um, it might be a little early to revisit Bianca th- th- this early for that, but um, 
Hmm. I yeah, think they I, need to keep Shotzi hot, like coming out of this. I, Shotzi I, would be the one I would go with. I think people are a little tired on Charlotte and Becky in this in this title picture at the moment that they can um, find something else to do, and they could still be involved with Damage Control. But you know, you're building up to a Rumble Challenge, which is does not have to be your your big Mania program. That's when Charlotte and, and Belair can get more involved there. Um, yeah, she, you know, and and Shotzi had a presence in this match. I didn't think it was so big that we're coming out of it talking about Shotzi like I would have had her get one of those big spots you know that we'd be talking about Mm -hmm. so I think there's still some work that needs to be done but you know to get her up to the level we'll maybe have her challenge for at least one month yeah and I mean if you're looking at the rumble like we're talking two months away so it's they have tons of time to to build something up but um not not the obvious like match that comes out of this for Eosky but you do have a program with with Bailey and and going in that direction and the commentary was good with Graves kind of pointing out all that uh, Bailey was doing in the match. Then we go and we uh Chelsea Green, Piper Niven, Tozawa, Otis and Maxine are eating Ruffles potato chips. Wouldn't wouldn't you be, uh, be stunned to know this? And pretty deadly enter calling them crisps. And they argue with Otis who says they're chips and they argue back and forth until the bowl gets thrown and there after more than a year off television, our truth returns by emerging from behind the couch. And when asked where he's been, he says, I've been here the whole time and says, they are ruffles. They're not chips or crisps. They're mm-hmm. ruffles, you see, and asks Tozawa to do the ruffle shuffle. Um, be- beautiful day. This was not, but our truth is back from <laughs> torn quad that he sustained on November the 1st of 2022. Happy to see him back in the mix. And, and dude, dude didn't age a day in this last twelve months. Uh, I think he he's reverse aging. Um, honestly, he hasn't he hasn't changed really since two thousand and two when we first all saw him. Um, I mean, again, more money kind of being made here. Um, just kind of falling from from the ceiling of of this uh very makeshift set. Mm-hmm. Um, all these performers getting their percentage of the deal. <laughs> well, well, listen. I, at this point, I'm kind of happy to see Tazawa actually get a get a role and and keep his job. And I suppose same with our truth as well. This was like harmless to me. Like the, it actually was a bit of a you know kind of funny with with the, the the ruffle shuffle. It was a there was a bit more effort put into this than I think your typical you know Snickers ad that you would have seen. Were you expecting Otis to do the truffle shuffle? The truffle shuffle. What's that? I'm afraid to ask the next question. Have you seen the Goonies? Oh, why put me in this position, dude? Oh, wait, dude. Stop. Tell me about the Truffle Shuffle, please. No, your homework is to watch the Goonies before the end of the year, okay? My homework is to try to sleep, okay? So I don't don't think I'll be watching the Goonies. Sami Zayn is with Jey Uso, and Zayn informs him, Randy Orton hasn't shown up yet. Jey says... Well, why would he? Why would he want to team with me after what I did to him with the bloodline? It's all my fault. Zane says, ah, don't worry about it. He fusion surgery, big deal. And uh, Zane says, you and I have history. We went to war last year and I'll have your back no matter what, Jay. It's like, okay, cool. So they have no, this was actually, for, for all the criticism that AEW got last weekend, it was a very similar story that they played out here with, the baby face and is he going to show up at, at the end or not oh entirely entirely yeah. and i spent quite a bit of time thinking about like why it is that one was reacted reacted to so poorly and the there other will be no complaints well. about this show long storyline 
because I think I think WWE is is viewed like this is a WWE storyline type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's really no different. I I don't think anyone in their right mind thought you're getting screwed last week out of MJF, uh, nor Randy Orton here. Uh, So there's that. I I think there's also maybe some of the idea that like Randy is not the only person in this match. You know, he's not the champion defending and you're not really kind of like the integrity of the main event is still there, regardless of whether or not Randy Orton is going to be a part of it. Whereas MJF being changed to Adam Cole, it completely disrupts it. Um, It's also Randy Orton, who we, we haven't seen in like over a year versus MJF, who, you know, like the idea I think most of us watching wrestling knows of tonight was to make the Randy Orton return as big as possible. Whereas with MJF, when, when they did it with the ambulance, I mean, it was just for slightly elevated pop that I don't even think was was all that much bigger. Do, let's discuss it now. Do you feel like when they took when they started this tease of Randy not showing up? Mm-hmm. Do you think part of that thinking was the idea of okay, let these people think that it's going to be CM Punk as far fetched as that is that okay, if the punk chants start even better. We've got the ace in the hole that they are not aware of that I mean, you could have looked at this on the surface and be like, man, you're just inviting these punk chants in Chicago that he's going to be this mystery man that replaces Orton. And it didn't matter to them. And there were definitely some punk chants, but never overwhelming on this show. Right. I wouldn't think that it was done maybe with the intent of, you know, creating those chants. But if they came, I, I, I mean, clearly they they weren't bothered by it. Gunther against Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. By the way, it shouldn't get like so... Ne- we kind of already spoke about Puck, but we didn't talk about all the teases leading up to tonight and and how, you know, Nakamura doing the GTSs, maybe some of those references on commentary. Do you think any of those were deliberate or were they just coincidental? I, I, I can't give you the answer, but the commentary I thought was was really reading into things that I, I really don't believe. I, I, I would be stunned, to be honest, if Cole and, and Graves were aware of this. Uh, number two, the the GTSs to me, I, I don't know. I, I I would be really hard pressed to imagine that they had something locked up that long ago, and there was no payoff to that. At least not tonight. To leave well, this is the day. payoff, you know, to get people talking, and then. But why drop it then? To make people think that he's not coming. Okay, this is this is getting into territory that <laughs> it know. literally doesn't matter. I guess we will find out tomorrow if Nakamura has um is going to be Punk's first program. Could be like, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be the guy I would be bringing him back for. But if you want him to wrestle on TV, I guess. Mm-hmm. So something interesting that Corey Graves was doing uh, and ties into a story earlier this year. He kept bringing up the odds for the different matches, like Gunther being a minus eight thousand or minus five thousand favorite. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Like they I can't ever remember them bringing up odds before. I, I feel like occasionally, maybe. When it fits the story, you know, if it's like, um, I don't know, WrestleMania, I, I, I think when it fits the story, like, I feel like I've heard them bring it up, but, you know, brought you- Gunther being the minus 5000 favorite and Zoe Stark being the plus 800 underdog on the show. Right. Well, like when it fits the, the underdog story that they're trying to tell, I mean, it's fair game, isn't it? Well, how about this one? After Michael Cole reads out all these stats about Gunther's title reign and then the combined number of days of Miz's eight title reigns as Intercontinental Champion, not to mention that if he wins tonight, Miz will tie Chris Jericho as a nine-time champion. Cole thanks their social media member, John Chick, for all of these stats. 
We got the, the Chris wow. Sampson shout out here from Michael Cole, basically. The Their version of Chris Sampson, John the, Chick. The alternate universe Chris Sampson. Wow. Like going from not even calling the referees by name to now naming the status. The social position. media team that is putting together notes for Michael Cole. This is very, very strange. <laughs> so this match, it, it built around the idea of Miz bringing more of a fight than Gunther expected. And the whole basis of this match was number one to create a believable near fall that you could actually think the Miz would pin Gunther and number two um, to bring about as many K one jokes as you could during some of Miz's offense. So (laughs) Miz lands the first chop and then he is drilled with one and Miz goes down, but Miz ends up catching him by the leg and snapping his leg on the edge of the apron, wraps it around the post and then the student of the game, as Michael Cole likes to refer to him, does the Bret Hart figure four around the post. And uh, there is a there is a trick to doing this spot that uh, Bret and others have talked about. And I don't know if Miz is informed of the trick, because when he went to do this, it looked like he just let go and his head just smashed into the floor. And uh, there is a way to avoid that. But hopefully the man didn't. Get what, what is the trick? Do you do you happen to know it? I have not done the trick because I've retired from professional wrestling, <laughs> but um, pl- like this, this was like part of the reason like Brett hurt himself in that Goldberg match was he did this spot right after. And uh-huh. there, there's, there, there's a way to do it that cushions you going down. So you're not just because it's, you're free falling down when you apply the move. And if you don't like protect yourself, your, your head is just smashing into the mat and you don't know when you're hitting. Does Brett bring up the figure four around, around the post in every interview that he's uh, given since? Not as many. No, not, a, not, not as many. So <laughs> we continue here. Gunther takes control. And then Miz comes back with all of his kicks. And then he hits a tilt-a-whirl DDT, a.k.a. the high spot. And Gunther stops a skull-crushing finale, drop kicks and power bombs Miz for a two-count, and then applies a rear-naked choke. But Miz pulls off the turnbuckle pad and kicks the injured knee that he's been working on for Gunther, turns around, and with the referee dealing with the turnbuckle pad, Miz kicks a field goal into Gunther's balls. And this leads to a skull-crushing finale, and boom, mission accomplished. They got a believable near fall, and Mm -hmm. this crowd thought the Miz was beating Gunther and ending his streak highly highly successful yeah and you know what like everything was incredibly well done up until this point so very uh very well earned reaction crowd was alive in a big way for the final few matches final few minutes he goes for another skull crushing finale but gunther turns it into a sleeper and miz goes into the rope kicks off the turnbuckle and rolls on top as graves notes how bret hart beat roddy piper the student of the game watching WrestleMania eight this morning and gets a two count lariat by Gunther and Gunther comes off the top and it's like the most awkward splash he's ever delivered. But whether it was intentional or not, Corey Graves explains, dude, his knee is totally messed up. Of course, it's going to be difficult. And it made complete sense for the match that his, his knees all messed up and he still went for the splash. So, He has to revert to a Boston crab and then turns it into a lion tamer and taps out the Miz in 1221, giving Gunther yet another finisher that he can use, which has been excellent. He's got all these different ones from the last symphony, the power bomb, the splash, and Gunther is breathing heavy and just giving Miz this look like, man, he was a lot tougher uh, than I thought. And 
Gunther retains the championship. I would say overall, this was a, a very good match. I, I'm not going to put it like uh, this was, uh, you know, match of the year or anything. But I, I thought this this accomplished what they, You're not they set really? out to do. Yeah. Well, this is my match of the year. Gunther okay. versus The Miz. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anybody, like, is that the metric we're really going to be comparing this to? John, this was a good match, okay? And if it was not the match of the year, it might have been the match of Miz's career, okay? I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to think about maybe a, a better one, at least in a single setting involving him. I, I think this feud has far exceeded all expectations. And we still don't even know if, like, the original plan was to involve Ivar in this as a triple threat. The fact that whatever confusion came out of that Ricochet thing to, to now a, a singles match that was well-built, anticipated, and elicited reactions like you got in on in this particular match, I, I I think is so incredibly impressive. You know, um, listen, Miz is he's not good in that like none of his offense looks technically strong whatsoever. But when you have a connection to the audience, when you have a great opponent, you can create a great match without great looking moves. I mean, look at John Cena, look at Hulk Hogan, and Gunther brought probably the best match you could possibly out of a baby face miss, which is not, you know, the Mrs. Forte. I, I, I mean, you know, I thought I'd be seeing, um, Pescados and like, uh, you know, planchas and, 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 uh, 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 Canadian destroyers from the Miz. I mean, he relied upon some of the tricks we've already no, seen. No, he's, he's kicking off of a turnbuckle. Well, listen, if you're gonna maybe use any playbook, like that was sort of his elevated game is to like do all the Brett references, and I thought they were a lot of fun. Like figure four around the post, Brett Piper counter. Um, and I also loved the way they used the low blow and the exposed turnbuckle, um, to create some of those near falls. So I might have been, you know, we might have both been hoping for a bit more of a, a chop fest here, particularly like from Gunther towards the Miz. We didn't really get that. But nonetheless, this was a really well-received match by the crowd tonight, and I thought it turned out really well. I wanted to see a Mizzaker. That's what I wanted. Do you, Maybe there's a sequel. Could be. Do you notice how Miz, when he walks out, and part of his entrance is he cups in front yeah. To emphasize his big balls. Yes. I've never paid that much attention to his entrance until tonight. It has to be one of the dumbest things any professional wrestler does during their entrance. Oh, it was the, one of the dumbest gimmicks, I would say, for the better part of his last year. He does it before every skull crushing finale, actually. This this is all new to me. That um mm-hmm. I didn't realize how how faithful he has been to the massive balls uh, gimmick. Yeah. They promoted the WWE experience coming to Riyadh in January. So what is that? Is that, uh, it's a building, but like, it's like a fan exhibit that, um, they are putting up. It sounds like, it sounds like it's a permanent thing. It doesn't sound like it's just a pop-up that's going to be temporary, but, um, as, as Vince said, they're they're putting their roots there in Riyadh. It's their home. This is now their home. Do do you expect maybe a, a physical hall of fame to be a part of this thing? or, Or is that not going to be, you think? maybe they'll look at how successful this is and that that could be the next step. Like, I think if you're going to put it in a place like Riyadh is kind of going to be the place that if it doesn't make sense to do here, um, we might just get offered where, to do it. Where else do they have a building other than their, their own headquarters, I guess. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I've always thought you should just do like a pop-up hall of fame when you do your big pay-per-views and like access, the, you mean something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Judgment Day's in the clubhouse, and in walks Dom, who has heard that Randy won't be here tonight. Great ear to the ground, Dominic. 
And Balor says, well, either it's going to be five on four or Randy does show up and he poisons them from the inside. I think this was a uh, Tony Khan's uh, conversation he was having with someone tonight too. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. Priest then tells them to tell Drew about this news and tell him about that thing. That's Which ended up being what? What thing? The cash-in. Oh, you're right. Yes. Hmm, very good. Santos Escobar, Dragon Lee. Um, good amount of heat here for Santos during his entrance. They state Carlito will be out several weeks with the shoulder injury uh, stemming from the angle on Friday. Santos attacks him and puts his leg in the stairs just like Ray, but Lee elbows his way free and hits this leaping Rana, sending Santos off the edge of the apron. Tope Conhiro, and now the crowd is behind Dragon Lee. Big champ for him. They're on the top. Escobar hits a Frankensteiner, and Lee kicks out. Santos can't believe this, so he tears at the mask. Crowd is loudly chanting at Santos, and Lee comes back with the double stomp, hits a super kick, and then trade shots and flying knees. Lee has to like deadlift him up to complete the sit-out powerbomb. And then when he goes for the Destino, he is stopped and hit with the South of the Border Destroyer, followed by the renamed Phantom Driver that is now the Destroyer Driver. Is that honestly what they called it? That's what Michael Cole called it, the Destroyer Driver in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Can we please just leave it with the the Destroyer Driver? sounds like something like a two-year-old would come up with as a finishing (laughs) maneuver. The destroyer driver? How does that even make sense? What, like what? Because he flips? No, it, the the Canadian destroyer is the south of the border destroyer. Yeah, which and is the awful. Phantom driver is now the destroyer driver, which very well could be Michael Cole just com- confusing both and calling it by mistake, and yeah. it still is the Phantom driver. I would actually lean towards Michael Cole just making a mistake. I'm going to wait for confirmation from uh, Corey Graves, uh, maybe on a future broadcast before we commit to that. Um, match was good. It had some some high-flying spots from Dragon Lee, but I, I wouldn't say this, this got to like a, another level where it was a, a big standout. It was Santos getting the win he needed to get, and Dragon Lee looked he looked good um, for the time being, and the Chicago crowd did get behind him for a time, but I'd, I put this match at average. Dragon Lee has had better matches, like even on TV, but I thought the reaction to him was unexpected and exceeded my expectations for a guy who really is just kind of getting started, is, you know, pretty much firmly mid-card and, and was just inserted into this match last minute last night. So um, the crowd was chanting his name. He got way more over than I expected. So I think it, it, even under a short amount of time, this was a, a like a good proof of concept for Dragon Lee and that he's, you know, shows them that he's deserving of a bigger push. Um, Santos, I think you will always expect it to win. I mean, he really is fantastic um, in ring, of course, but on the microphone is where he really shines. Even in the kickoff promo tonight, you could have just, you could really just phone in a kickoff promo because, I mean, nobody really ever talks about or remembers them, but like he, he was really good even in that. The New Day arrive in their Slim Jim car. More more revenue opportunities. And you can see Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest having a conversation off to the side in the uh, background. Hmm. And Slim Jim is sponsoring the next match. And uh, midway through, you were probably wishing that this crowd would snap into it. <laughs> I didn't think they were so quiet for this one, but okay. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark for the Women's World Championship. Um Zoe Stark comes out and it turns out that she had the same dream that Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza had where they woke up with claw marks on them. And uh, this was a 
um, gift from their deceased grandfather. Maybe she she has um, some some blood that uh, she doesn't know about, some family history she doesn't know about. Maybe she's a Garza. She is the plus 800 underdog, and Starks immediately slaps Rhea and then leaps off the top to the floor and is cut off by a headbutt. And like we thought, the crowd starts chanting mommy at Ripley, and mm. they were um, they were not into believing Zoe Stark had a prayer here. Zark comes back, twisting Senton into the ring, and then Rhea regroups by rolling out to the floor and drives Stark into the post. Rhea's in control and throws her off the turnbuckle. She has her on the turnbuckle, grabs Zoe by the throat, and goes to throw her off the turnbuckle. Zoe was supposed to do some kind of reversal. Mm -hmm. I don't know what in God's name was the intention of this because they both landed and... I was like, which one did what? And the announcers were just as confused. The audience was just as confused. And it was just something did not work here. Uh, I didn't know what they were doing. Didn't look good, whatever it was supposed to be. No. So Rhea just takes over Northern Lights. And Zoe says, is that all you got, Rhea? Hit me. So Rhea proceeded to hit her. And the Riptide gets countered. Stark hits a German and a running knee. No reaction here for the near fall. And then the Z360 is caught, headbutt and Riptide. And Ripley wins in nine minutes and 16 seconds. I thought this was the weakest match on the show. And I think it was hurt by the... uh, Listen, there was the same lack of believability that Dragon Lee was going to win, that The Miz was going to win. um, But this one did not overcome that. And I, I... also thought like there was some stuff in here that just it did not look tight i expected a better match from these two and it was just even for nine minutes i thought this was more so the state of the challengers you have for rhea ripley that Mm -hmm. it's already you are against uh you've got that working against you that these matches you know with, with the right layout of a match like we saw with the miz you can get people to believe in in a challenger but it's tough and they didn't achieve it here no, this was very much, I think, meant to be a showcase for Rhea Ripley or um, just a, a, a bit of a placeholder to keep her active before she gets her real challengers coming up maybe towards WrestleMania season. And for anybody in that position, whether you're Shayna or, or um, uh, you know, Raquel or in this case, Zoe Stark, um, it's going to be a big challenge. And I have to think, at least within the office, maybe sort of their expectations are lowered about what, you know, these matches are trying to achieve. Um I don't think she was put out there even with the hope of like getting a, a near fall. Maybe like at their best, they could have achieved that, but there wasn't enough story put behind Zoe Stark for the audience to feel like she the story won. was you've overlooked me. You're not paying attention. And she came into this match and still won in dominant fashion. I mean, this yeah. did not paint Zoe Stark as uh, a whole lot to come out of this match with. Well, she had paint on her face. So, uh, no okay she was dealing with a debilitating facial injury (laughs) i thought she showed some pretty good fire in particular like i mean this was a bit of an audition for like you know the in-ring sort of bloodline type of uh, cinematic storytelling with her hit me or hit me is that all you've got hit me you know which they seem to love so i you know that might be i would say overall i think zoe like on the microphone has sounded competent this whole maybe month didn't necessarily give me enough to feel like she's worthy of like a main event title challenge type of role but as a mid carter i i think she's like you know towards the top end of the pack she can hold her own certainly like in ring so again i think expectations are much lowered for these sort of like 
B B show um, or B level Rhea Ripley title defenses. So, um, what what what's up next for Rhea? You think? I think they'll do Shayna over this next month, sometime mm-hmm. on television. And I I think people are tired of these like lack of you know significant stakes attached to these women's title programs where it's just you're you're just rubber stamping a challenger as the title challenger of the month i think people want to see um a becky in there a jade cargill in there a like or at least elevate some of these women like there's no shortage of them on raw like why can't we do a better job look what they did with the miz in four weeks or like zoe stark i didn't see any of that in this last four weeks of building her up other than these backstage promos of- well the miz is a very good promo and and can you find that level of promo within the women's division outside of, of a becky you know well maybe you you find other other means to get her over then if it if it's you know telling someone's story or utilizing uh, other other attributes or you go with someone else like i i feel like you should have like a program that you have to get the baby face over to a certain degree with people. And then the main event is Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough against Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, and Randy Orton in the war games match. Everyone comes out minus Randy Orton and Priest and Drew are just locked on one another. Will they coexist is the question. And they mention that this is the same arena where Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes had their hell in a cell match last year. And, We start off with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins and Balor takes control. And this is where we do get some CM Punk chants and Balor back body drops Rollins onto his crippled back onto the metal between the rings. Hopefully he would be able to to last for the next uh, half hour. JD McDonough is third, his first WWE PLE they note. And so the heels have the advantage here and we get the old reliable kendo sticks brought into the ring. Jay Uso is next. Every time he throws a strike, they're yelling yeet. The countdown uh, hits zero and Drew goes to enter, but Damian Priest tells him to stick to the plan. And in comes Damian Priest with a baton as his weapon and starts whipping guys. And they've got the advantage. Balor attacks the ribs and back of Jay with a chair. Sami Zayn is in next. He gets a huge reaction, um, not because it's Sami Zayn, but because he takes out a table from underneath the ring and this place exploded. Like, dude, the table might have gotten a louder reaction than CM Punk. It's close, okay? The table was at worst number two on this show. Drew McIntyre is uh, following them, and this is where we get um, Jay and Sami hitting the the 1D onto Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, heading into the match, like almost the main story outside of Randy Orton is is Drew getting his revenge on Jay and being in the same cage as him. And um, I don't know if like it felt like that big, you know, the moment they finally met. Like um, he gets he he takes out the others, and then Jay is in the second ring. So he corners Jay in the second ring and yells, "Acknowledge what you did." Like, is that, is that where we're at now? Because if you're forcing him to acknowledge what he did, Drew, the onus is on him to actually explain what did Jay do at Clash at the Castle? <laughs> exactly. Out, <right>. Outline <laughs> what you want him to acknowledge. Well, maybe that's the end of this entire story. It's like, um, I, I watched back the footage. I have to apologize. You weren't Maybe Jay comes back and says, you know what? I think I've been, I've been the victim of profiling here because that was my brother, <laughs> not me. We don't yeah. all look alike. Not even me and my brother it was certainly not him in solo yeah so cody rhodes follows in and they note the fact that uh dusty created war games and cody also created another big event in this city mm-hmm. look at that yes. cody pulls out a bull rope 
and him and Rollins worked together using the bull rope. Nothing like two men burying the hatchet by uh, um, just massacring people with a, a rusty metal object. Um, you know, you, you love to see it. Yes. Um, they crotch Balor and man, this whole place is chanting Dom, you suck as the clock counts down. And Dominic is the final member in for judgment day. And Cole says that tonight is the longest he's ever spent behind bars, which was a good, great line. line. Very good line from Cole. Dominic starts the three amigos, but the baby faces surround him. It's a four on one beat down and the crowd starts chanting Randy. Then they start chanting CM Punk and Drew and Priest choke slam Rollins, Cody and Zayn all together. They take out Cody and Zayn with splashes and the coup de grace on Rollins, followed by a razor's edge to Rollins through a table. And when the clock hits zero, instead of Randy, Rhea Ripley runs down with a referee and the money in the bank briefcase. And she is about to cash in on Damien's behalf with Rollins laid out through the table when Randy's music plays and this place explodes for Randall. Coming so, out, does, so does the band's body. Dude, Randy <laughs> was, dude, he, um, the, the man looks uh, svelte. Uh, I guess that's, that, that's a word. This, this man, like, this, this always happens. You know, guys are off and they have all the time in the world. And what are they going to do? They're going to go to the gym. They're going to eat a lot of chicken breast and I guess whatever else. And uh, they're going to come back like twice the size. So this is like the biggest I've seen Randy in like maybe since his early, early days. This is what we're going to look like in three years. Well, clearly. Yeah, that's it's evolution. Evolution. So he comes out, place goes nuts. He gets, I wrote here, gets the pop of the night, but that was uh, <laughs> that was uh, overwritten. And the match begins at uh, just after the 29-minute mark, Cole noting that he had double fusion back surgery, and Orton faces off with Drew, rekindling that program. They do a five-way draping DDT spot with all the baby faces, and then he signals for the RKO in this place. Dude, they were electric for this tease. Randy could have done nothing other than this RKO, and the crowd would have just ate it all up. And he then sees Jay, and he corners Jay, and he's questioning him. And then Jay saves Randy by super kicking Damian Priest, who was going to nail Randy from behind. RKO to Dominic, and then we see just the... A procession of finishers, a Cody cutter, a Haluva kick, Uso splash, and finally JD is the only one standing. He tries to run up the cage to escape where Zane and uh, where is it? It's Zane and uh, Rollins, and they throw him off of the cage into an RKO. And rather than Cody going for the pin, or sorry, Randy going for the pin, he defers to Cody, who hits the crossroads on Damian Priest, no less, and Mm -hmm. pins Priest in 34 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, From the time Randy came in, they went like under five minutes. Um, They they went actually exactly five minutes. First of all, I mean, it felt a lot longer than three minutes that um, Randy Orton's sort of interval it was, you know, the time between Dominic and Randy Orton's entrance felt a lot longer than three minutes to me. Well, they don't start the three minutes till the guy gets into the ring. So the whole entrance part. No, but Dom, Dom was already in the ring. Um, Sorry, you're, you're saying like from the moment interval- Dom entered the ring to Randy's like countdown felt a lot longer than three minutes to me. Um, It could have been. I, I, I don't know what the, the difference was, but they kept the like the match beyond portion 
pretty short and it's which I, which I love because like from the moment randy comes in there's this incredible atmosphere there's this incredible energy and you just take that and you rush towards the finish and and it made the whole ladder like i don't know five six minutes of this entire thing feel electric um i thought this war games was outstanding john you know it, each one of the babyface entrants in this match at one point felt like the biggest babyface in the entire arena and they will leave the show not with none of them being the biggest baby face in the, in the entire arena, but it, it doesn't matter because I thought um, for this particular match, everybody felt like um, they were an important member. And that's why with the heels having the advantage, it felt like every entrant coming to bail, you know, a beloved baby face out um, that felt significant. The body of the match felt significant. And I thought everything was also very well executed. You had a lot of little side stories that were being told here between drew and Jay priest and drew Jay and Randy, of course, and I thought almost everything they planned was well responded to. It was well executed. The money in the bank tease done. We came into the show fully, you know, the, the surprise is spoiled, right? Randy Orton's going to be a part of this match. How are they going to toy with us to make the Randy Orton return feel like a surprise, even though they already told us? And they, they came up with the show long storyline, even though we all kind of like knew it was going to be bullshit. But the surprise on top of that surprise was the money in the bank tease, which I don't think you and I expected. And just to take our how, sort how of would role, that have worked if Damian pinned Seth Rollins? Oh, Did it's completely war games. Um, I don't think I think the war games match gets thrown out paused. The match well, beyond is the match paused as they do a money in the bank cash in in the middle of this. It would be a non-result, right? Like, isn't that what happened with um, WrestleMania with, with Rollins cash in? That wasn't a non-result. He just added himself to the match. But the prior match had a non-result. The one-on-one match between, um, was it Brock and Roman? Um, okay, I guess. Yeah, they just, it just became a three-way. Uh, Whatever. It's not the point. The point was to take our uh, uh, sort of attention off of Randy Orton so that they can hit that music and, and surprise all of us. And I thought it worked tremendously well. So, man, everything and then leading to the closing sequences of bop, 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 finish, 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 like all the way rushing to the end, including this in- amazing RKO, dude. That that for 18 oh. months, like you, that, that could have looked really awful. You know what I mean? If the timing was off and boy, would have oh. that just been like a fart in church. If like your return and you totally screw up a pretty, not the most ambitious RKO, but a fairly it complicated one. Pretty for ambitious dude. Okay, guy for, for, I'm saying of the elite ones we have seen, this one was, was not a shooting star in terms of timing, but it was like one that you, you've got to nail the timing for this night, for this return. And, and they looked, did it. It looked flawless. And, and again, having that sort of like be the, the big high note at the end of this incredibly played solo, um, like guitar solo, you know, in a song, it, like I thought this match was great. They, they did a great job. There was a ton of stories coming out of it. And, um, semi overshadowed at the end because they're all celebrating in the ring and then cult of personality plays and out comes punk it's clobbering time and just screams whose town is this and a dude in the front row is just yelling chicago chicago <sighs> i was hoping it would have been scrum but he was probably a very happy individual here i don't think he, he could out. and dude in he... two months here like like punk looked pretty uh pretty ripped here his arms i mean i guess kind of hard to tell not is randy it... but uh hey no, he was not Randy Orton shape, but um, yeah, I I mean, listen, they they yes, okay, like CM Punk overshadows maybe the the War Games match itself, but um, I I think more importantly, it takes this pay per view from being a very good pay per view to being 
even whatever you want to say beyond, you know, um, a, a great pay-per-view with the number of surprises and the way they were able to kind of play with it. They're, uh, they're going to do them. I, I don't care what Monday night football does on Monday. I think they're going to do a huge number on, on Monday. The fact they did that number last week, 0.49 against uh, 29 million viewers on uh, for football. Yeah. Um, man, it's like you get to promote punk back for the first time in 10 years. He's or I, I would promote, he should start the show. Like that's going to be your peak quarter put punk on first and uh go from there yeah you have and, and maybe maybe you save randy for for smackdown or, or something like that i mean i don't well, know or, I, or they I, just I, put all hands on deck on monday i think you need yeah. interaction with like the rest of the team you know randy orton helped them win this match right people want to see randy with with um uh, cody they want to see him with jay they want to see him with you know all these other guys um but you they they have a it's an embarrassment of riches i guess they have on monday there's there's a ton um so anyway, that is. Uh, uh, what are the directions uh, you see coming out of this match for the for the men? Um, well, certainly, I th- I see them continuing something with, with Drew and Damian Priest for sure. They they tease that one pretty heavily, and then on the other side, you had Cody uh, pinning uh, Damian as well. I don't know if that's supposed to lead us specifically anywhere. I mean, it was. I'm sure it was done for a reason um, because you easily could have had JD there to eat the pin. I think everyone assumed that it would be him or Dominic um, in that role. So obviously yeah. would have been done for a reason um you do have now that you're throwing punk into the mix here like that is i mean depending where where randy and punk are are situated let's us, let's assume it's raw that's a lot of baby faces that's mm-hmm. a lot of baby faces and more than you have spots for and someone should be either moving or turning and i would say like drew is kind of in the spot where you're already assuming he has uh turned at this point but still like that is that is six major baby faces right there that we're talking about on Raw. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it. They're they're very very stacked on Raw, but Raw should be stacked at, at the moment. Like it is SmackDown. You need to maintain it. You don't uh, just put nothing into it. But that's more of a lame duck show. And Raw is the show that you are putting all your eggs in over the next nine months. Sure. Yeah. And you know, with with, with Punk, I mean. With Punk and with Randy, I guess we we they're they're not tied to any particular brand. But with Punk, we don't even know what his schedule is. You know, he, it, this might be he might make an appearance and then he might go away for a long, long time. Um, so a lot remains to be seen. But there are certainly a lot of questions and a lot of interesting possibilities with this group. All right, that was the Survivor Series. A I would I would say a strong show ba- built on the the men's War Games match. I thought I thought the women's War Games match was a really entertaining match as well. And Gunther and Miz was enjoyable as well. I would say the other two matches less so, but um, that was the Survivor Series. I, I I still think it was a very strong show. I thought it was yeah. really and really- an amazing crowd. Like the Chicago crowd was excellent. And again, this was a um, man when you throw in all the sponsorships for Ruffles and Slim Jim and everything, dude. They probably took in a ridiculous amount for this 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 one night. Mm-hmm. I think the war games is such a, a winning concept at, at this point. And again, I, I, I think it's not only like, you know, pay-per-view worthy, but I think it's stadium worthy. So I, I, I wonder if, if it's something they'll, they'll consider next year as they increase their profile of these stadium events. But I thought it was a really excellent show. You had two war games matches that I think delivered Gunther and Miz that like, really they, they kind of made out of nothing into something uh, into a very entertaining program. And even Dragon Lee versus uh, Santos as a last minute match, just, uh, you know, here's a, like a little bit of a bonus, you know, Lucha Libre match. I thought was very entertaining. Um, and when you keep a show down to only five matches, 
it keeps the standard really high and I'm not left feeling like I sat through like a lot of bullshit. Dude, so this was a like two hour and 50 minute show. Perfect. Yeah, life. Happy. Perfect life. And of course you ended with uh, obviously a great main event, but like maybe the biggest surprise um, they could have with CM Punk's return. So definite thumbs up match uh, a show. I want to go through some of the press conference notes and uh, Brandon Thurston has uh, put these together and uh, he will be back on, on Sunday morning, 11 a.m. with uh, Russell Nomics if you want to uh, check out his show. But uh, Paul Levesque spoke and says uh, this was the highest grossing Survivor Series in history and the highest grossing event in Chicago, with the exception of WrestleMania 22, which it was neck and neck with. Um, so, wow. um, yeah, that that tells you how successful that wrestlemania was triple h says that cm punk's return came together very quickly which is why it stayed very tight he calls punk a conversation starter love him or hate him if the fans want it then let's go and we'll figure out the rest from there (laughs) on punk's past in wwe levesque says i'm a different person he's a different person this is a different company he says we're thrilled to have him back in wwe it's where he belongs oh my god look Look at the thumb pointing photo between these two who like is this on the level of the of the cm uh of vince mcmahon bret hart picture um oh the one where he he's in the studio yeah. and they uh yeah they decided to uh just put that picture out there for everybody yeah this wow. was probably part this was probably the last hurdle in the contract negotiations like you, you gotta do the photo <laughs> with, with paul we're sorry nick houseman asks if tko pushed for punk's return levesque says there has been zero push past wwe he says himself nick Khan knew but very few people knew about punk's return past that levesque is asked about concussion protocol in relation to comments john moxley recently made and he puts over WWE's wellness policy and mentions how the Rey Mysterio injury was recently handled. He says he put their protocol up against any sports organization. And um, more notes here as we, uh, I think that that is about all that we have there. So, I mean, you can take from that what you will, um, that this was, I, I, I would take that as, you know, pretty forthcoming that this would have been a deal put together rather quickly i just don't think this would have been one kept under wraps for too long if this had been um any significant amount of time um before Mm -hmm. this came together and i'd I'd be curious like what was the tipping point for them because you know you you can look at this and if you're there's times when you know your your business is in a certain state and okay there's there's risk here but there's also reward and we just have to go in with the best thought. It's not like WWE is in this situation where they, they need anything at, at yeah. the moment, but if, if this works out, they're going to look brilliant. Well, realistically, yeah. like what is the damage that can be done by having a Phil Brooks come in here? Let's say he has the worst run ever. Okay. Like engages in a fight in the locker room. Like ultimately a WWE locker room, poor morale, mm. I mean, it's it's possible, but I, I just don't really see that happening um, with the machine. This is great. And here you're bringing in this guy. I mean, it's I just don't listen. see this it, that that happening like with a machine as big as the WWE with as much money as you know, is is at stake here. Everybody's going to fall in line, you would think, in this company. I mean, there was a lot at stake in AEW and and that happened like you had a show built around this guy and he was making a ton of money there uh, as well. I think that'll be a big conversation coming out of, you know, uh, this punk run after he's been established and certainly after WrestleMania, whatever role he's going to have Um, the question of whether or not it was the environment that wronged the whole situation uh, for AEW and CM Punk or if it was CM Punk himself. All right. We're going to open up the phone lines. Um, 
let's let's keep it to just a, a thought or two because we do have a written feedback as well and we want to uh, keep this concise so with that let us open the phone lines. Yeah, we have a lot of people watching us live here at youtube.com slash post wrestling. So again, please do us a favor, subscribe, get us up to 16,000. What a nice round number, okay? Uh, if everybody goes in there, hits the like, hits the subscribe, just jet us up right there. It does us a, a big favor. But also thank you, especially to those of you who decided to send super chats tonight. You guys hop the line with our feedback section. And let's start things off here with Jonathan Mayer, who sends $5. Thank you for the support, Jonathan. He says, likely unlikely, CM Punk wrestles a match for WWE in 2025. Good work, guys. So does CM Punk last a year in this company, basically? Um, I, I mean, this is just like guess. So um, I'll say likely. I'll say likely as well. Let's go to, uh, so Gerard Brown sends us two super chats. Thank you so much, Gerard. He says, I was there live tonight and that felt like WWE's one-two punch a la All Out 2021 with Brian and Cole. Certainly came across that way uh, to me watching at home as well. Thank you very much, Gerard, for the support. We go to the Psycho45 who sends us $5 super chat. He says, definitely shot that that punk returned so soon, but excited to see how they weave him in. Also, good to see our truth. Thank you for the coverage, guys. And then we also go to Abraham Valea, who sends $5. Ending copyright logo can't fool me anymore, Triple H. CM Punk is back, and the first thing he did was retire Ryback. I'm not sure what that is in reference. I don't know. I'm, I'm not up to date on the latest with Ryback. Yeah. Okay. I think I blocked him. Uh, uh, yeah, you guys are probably keeping up with uh, what's going on online more than we are. And uh, But thank you for the super chat. We go to Andy, who sends 100 rupees. Thank you, Andy. He says, I love both War Games matches. I wish Lee and Gunther got more time. Great punk moment, but does it unsettle some stars whose deals are up in 24? Eight out of 10. Does it unsettle some stars whose deals are up in 24? Meaning like, you know, perhaps people in AEW whose contracts are up in 2024 or WWE um, uh, wrestlers whose contracts are up in 24 that um, might not want to share the same locker room with the punk. Mm, I, I I don't see it having any bearing over, over those issues. I mean, I don't the, think so the key either. ones you would think about are, are locked up long term. And, and even that I, I wouldn't necessarily look at as, you know, life or death that it would have prevented it either i also think like it's it's too early to tell i think a lot of people everybody will be forced to give this a chance now that it's a reality you know to see how well the guy integrates and listen again at some of the numbers and and the money that's being thrown out there even if you have to share a locker room with cm punk i don't think that would change people's decisions one way or another about whether or not they would come unless you're uh, maybe some of the well, kenny omega and the bucks aren't even eligible at this point so no that's what i meant yeah yeah um I don't think Jack Perry is coming to a WWE. I, I wouldn't even say like that's like unreasonable to like think like I, I really don't think like people think like you're, you're going to make like career decisions based on like someone in the locker room you don't get along with. It's just like it's that there's a lot of this stuff in professional wrestling. It's just this one is more kind of high profile. Let's go to Ryan G who sends $5. Thank you, Ryan. He says, congrats on six years to post wrestling. When or how do we get a remake of your bludgeon brothers videos? Um, you have the originals. That's um, there's, there's no need to remake. Yeah. I think if we did anything else, I don't know if we, you know, re redo those. Um, but thank you very much for the reminder. Yeah. Six years coming up. Um, I would say in a month time. So about that, I think so. All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. And then lastly, Jetski D23 sends, says CM Punk saved this whole event, uh, which I would greatly disagree with. No, they could have gone off the air at that point. And I, I, 
I still would have had the same reaction yeah. to the to the show. I mean, it was you know big, big news item to have at the end of the show, but certainly didn't make the show for me. We got another one here from B Season who sends five dollars. Thank you, B Season. He says CM Punk back in WWE. Wow, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Think about like our end of year show is going to be something else this year. I think you know just maybe focusing on the CM Punk saga of where he was a year from now, or sorry, a, a year prior to this to to now you know multiple returns um firings you know it's crazy it's full circle because a year ago you had the same kind of speculation if this guy would ever come back to AEW, and i think many many felt he wouldn't even even if wrestling history would suggest uh, the other uh thank you guys for your super chats you can keep them coming and i will uh cut in to, to the broadcast to read them but for now we go to forum or sorry uh we go to postwrestlingcafe.com where all of our patrons who join us uh, have the ability to call in on our pay-per-view review shows as well as every Friday on Rewind SmackDown. And let's let's start things off here with a rare appearance here from the Godfather, straight from the newbie and wrestling advocates, Nate Milton. Well, this has to be a special night for you to come to talk about the Muffin Man. What what a time to be alive, brothers! What a time to be alive! It's funny because you know this this was a good show, like a, a really good show, a solid show, and it ended in a in a punctual time. Like I was. You know, looking at the clock, 11.45, like, cool, I can go to bed, get ready for work tomorrow, listen to John and Way in the morning, and then the Muffin Man walks out waiting, and I'm like, boys, we got to put on a pot of coffee, because we're going to be here for a while. It's funny, because I sent you a message earlier today, Way, and I was like, you, me, and John need to reconnect, because we, all three of us haven't talked probably since, like, the Don West passing. And it's like, it's it's too long for me not to talk to John and Way. And, and what do you know, John Pollock, the muffin man delivered. He he brought us this blessing. It's not even Christmas yet. And CM Punk is out here giving us presents. Yeah, that, did return. What, what, what was your uh, your reaction, Nate? And, and where do you see this going short term? Uh, I mean, I thought this was something that was going to happen. You know, if you listen to the NWA podcast, me, Andrew and the professor have kind of gone around on this CM Punk returning to WWE topic for a minute. I've always thought he was going to come back because, you know, way you remember the old lock song, money, power, respect, like what you need in life. To me, CM Punk is all about, you know, money, pride, and feeling like he's disrespected. Like he always seems to be that type of person that needs an adversary. And so I thought it was going to happen sooner or later. I was thinking maybe rumble, uh, but for him to come back tonight, it's just like WWE, you know, some minor booking quibbles and qualms I have, John, aside, they're in a good place right now. And this feels like you add CM Punk to that mix. Oh, I think we, Nate might have dropped out by accident. Um, So please call back, Nate. Uh, leaving us on a cliffhanger there, unfortunately. So do call back, Nate. We will go to you. Uh, for now, let's go to some of our other callers, and let's go to a, a, another infrequent caller here, Des from California. Welcome, Des. Hey, what's up, guys? We're trying to become more frequent, but, um, you know, it, it, it comes in waves, but the post-wrestling family is always with me here in my pocket, so I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you so my, much, Des. My gosh, guys. I kind of wrote this off as just not happening. Um, WWE, I think, did a very good job. Uh, um, I know they at least told SRS, um, who I follow quite a bit as well, that they didn't have a fit for Punk in the company or, or something to that effect, and it seemed pretty convincing. So whoever was behind that, kudos to them. They worked me. Um, they did a, you know, the. 
I, I will only hope that Punk's promo is at the start of Raw tomorrow, so I don't have to watch all three hours of it um, and see kind of where he's going to slot in. My thought is with um, doing Punk and Seth for the, the title, but um, I don't know. What do you, what, um, what do you guys think of, of, of uh, my, my, my thought is, what do you guys think of AEW right now? Like, it must be a really, I think Tony Khan is like on his fourth White Claw uh, this evening. Uh, just kind of punk coming in, compounding just the the negative criticism that AEW has been getting. The kind of um, I haven't seen Collision yet, so maybe the the Continental Classic turned around, but the first presentation of it didn't seem to go over so well. So, how are you guys feeling about that? Um, and I did tune in late, so if you guys are ready to touch on it, then I do apologize. But you guys are are doing a great job. I just started looking at post wrestling again, um, like the website, and you guys have like completely become like the new go-to source for news um you guys have replaced some of the I, I don't even use an aggregator anymore so thank you john pollock and thank you Andrew thompson and uh i'll let you guys get back to doing what you do best and uh talking thank you thank Thanks you so much guys. yeah especially it. for the plug for our website which um we put really a lot of resources into so uh, a lot of you guys might simply you know taken post wrestling through audio or video but i mean pretty much you know half of our business is at postwrestling.com or uh neil andrew sino a bunch of other people put in a ton of work every single day john pollock of course always there with his thoughts and takes so postwrestling.com thank you very much des for that plug um any thoughts john on des's question about i mean you you can look at it like you you know the the biggest match to make is is him and roman for sure and like, do you, I, I don't know if you hold off on anything with him. Like you look at like for, for the rumble, I would say your, your options are a Randy or, or punk to do at, at the rumble. And maybe the option is with, with punk that listen, let's, let's get the, the big matches out of the way. And let's like, time might not be on our side here. Like this is a, like, if all things are equal, like you, you still are, you know, dealing with, with somebody that is, you know, not could get, a few years out of out of it but you don't know i mean i think it's a i don't even know honestly if like i see him main eventing um it really would depend on on i think the opponent um so listen they've got the possibility of um roman versus the rock okay and that would leave cody open for a cm punk on a on a first night which would be two great main event level shows but let's say you're doing roman and cody well um, having anybody against CM Punk, I think, is at least a good semi-main event for that first night, right? Um, you and any possibility, I think, I think is is strong because he's still fresh. He's fresh with everybody. He hasn't been in the company in ten years, so uh, they they have a lot to choose from. As far as like what does what does was asking about AEW, the discourse is going to make this feel like it's a win for WWE and a loss for AEW. It's not a loss for AEW. They they won by not having this guy who was a bad fit for his company in the company. Um, it's a win for profes- professional wrestling fans, I think, because it's it's getting us all that more excited. But I I think we could we're all mature enough to be able to grade every single product by their own merits, and and I don't think we have to have this you know affect an opinion of AEW one way or another. Let's just judge AEW by the quality of their own shows. I, I agree. I don't, I don't look at this as like some, like you released punk and I don't think that was the wrong decision. And you had to know that letting, like that was the whole debate about, do you let this guy go knowing that you might be handing this guy over to, to WWE? Like that was like, this can't come out of 
total left field. Like uh, no, no matter who you are like this, it was, you know, at least something that you would have to think would be a possibility. And you had to get into Paul Levesque's head to know that like, this is, this is certainly an instance of, you know, if Paul Levesque is ultimately the one making the call here of somebody that like, this is a Vince move in the sense that, and, and Vince, by the way, like he did not have interest in, in, in bringing back a CM Punk, but historically um, Vince has made amends with a lot of people when there's been business to be had and there's definitely business to make with this guy. And it would suggest like letting, you know, past issues um, at least subside. Mm-hmm. We have reconnected with Nate Milton, but before that, we go to a super chat from Andrew Brown, who sends $5. Thank you, Andrew. He says, what's a bigger deal? David Tennant reco- returning to Doctor Who or CM Punk going back to WWE? I'm going to say CM Punk because I do not watch Doctor Who. You don't watch Doctor Who? You haven't seen the Gremlins? You haven't seen Doctor Who? No, and I don't intend to, but thank you very much for the super chat anyway, Andrew. Let's go back to brother nate milton welcome what happened to you what, what, uh, my, my wi-fi man i don't know if i got too excited or my wi-fi was just like hey it's clobbering time pal but but uh i'm back boys and way uh word of caution uh they, these who heads they they real <sighs> on these fandom streets i don't know if you want that smoke brother oh goodness okay well <laughs> i'll watch my back i, I don't know where, where where did we cut off john just give me your thoughts on punk coming in and, and where you go uh direction wise with him in the okay. short term See, I, th- I think Punk is somebody who obviously, you know, brings a lot of buzz, brings a lot of excitement. Uh, much like you said, John, I'm going to be interested to see what that number is on Monday going up against uh, Monday Night Football. But I think for Punk, it's it's maximize the value while he's here because there's no guarantee he's going to be here a year from now. Right. Like that's not this dude's history. He is he is somebody who's here for a good time, not necessarily for a long time. So. You know, I, I heard you guys talking about, you know, the main event of WrestleMania, the the often disputed uh, waiting main event of WrestleMania, night one, yes. night two, who knows? Uh, but it's always been my belief that if you are going to get the rock back, then rock, you get you got to do rock and Roman one night and then Cody and Punk another night. To me, that's the the best bang for your buck in terms of the characters you have kind of assembled. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, any other thoughts, Nate, on war games tonight? I, I like, as I said on Twitter, I like the the way the WWE is kind of tweaked and tinkered with war games, which is a concept I've loved, you know, going back to the 90s and in WCW uh, and, and made it fit in a modern context. Uh, the women's match was solid. Uh, I, I could have used a little bit more, um, but the, the men's match, I, I like that we had a sprint. And I think John brought it up when we got to the match beyond. It was just a sprint as soon as uh Randall Kwame Orton and he only gets the pass for one night, Ray Way. Uh <laughs> I'm thinking of 10 Day Ray is, is in the in the rafters somewhere. Uh but Randall Kwame Orton came out, did his thing, did his three, four minutes worth of work. I don't know, even though it was cool, John, how they integrated the cash in. I don't know if that would have like been an actual cash in though, because it wasn't like a sanctioned because nobody can get pinned until the, everybody's in the ring for the match beyond. So I don't know the logistics of that, John Pollock. Uh, but maybe that was, that was, was a, Randy's concern too. The, yes. the logistics of it all. I got to uphold the integrity of this cash in. Uh, but I thought it was a good show. And I think John, the fact that it was something where we didn't have this sprawl, like we kind of get sometimes with some of these pay-per-views where we're just here for hours. They gave us five, five or six matches. I don't remember how many. And they just hit like even Miz and Gunther hit for me in a way that I didn't think it was going to hit. So I thought it was a good show. 
it's it's momentum. Like I said, man, it's KD joining the Warriors when you bring Punk into a WWE product that already kind of feels like it's got momentum. So I'm excited. I hope they don't uh I hope they don't use this as an excuse to finish Devontae's story prematurely or not end it the right way. But I'm I'm actually excited. It's a good time to be a fan, and I hope, even though it's not gonna happen way, I hope that this doesn't turn into some tribalistic thing. Because uh, oh, people you like know, funny. Make you think such a thing. People, people act funny, John Pollock. When 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 you put on somebody else's colors, when you when you go to death row and you leave Bad Boy. Uh, everybody should leave Bad Boy this time uh, of year, if anybody knows the news. But uh, I, I think it's it's a good time to be a fan, John. It's a good time to cover this stuff. And uh, you know, I had a good time reconnecting with you guys. Like I said, I, I way it's been too long, so I got I got some vacation time coming up in December, boys. So maybe we can we can make it happen. We we got right. we got to be, um, do an extended version of one of these. I don't know about a three hour long extended version, but um, <laughs> certainly an extended version of one of these. So thank you so much, Nate. I hope this yeah. is a regular occurrence for the big shows. You know, it's a big pay per view pay per view when the Godfather. I called. mean, I, I will say if it's a three hour big show, this might become an occurrence. Them them AEW shows. I'm I'm sorry, Tony Khan. I can't be up at two in the morning and got to be at work at nine. That just the math and math and TK. Thank you. Wow. Mate, for the the, the, this 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 new uh, allotment of uh, pay per view time it works very well for the the Nate Milton uh, crossover here. Everyone can catch uh, the NWA podcast, phenomenal show each and every month with Nate Milton, Andrew Thompson, and Chris Ely. And uh, Nate, you always have an open door here. Thank you, brothers. Have a good night. You too, Nate. Thank you, Nate. Let's go up next to a super chat from Kashan Amarali. Thank you, Kashan. He says, does it seem to be Punk and Seth judging by Seth having to be restrained, giving the finger? Great job as always. Um, I, I didn't even ca- catch that uh, portion of it, so I would have to go back and, uh, and and watch. I didn't either, but I mean, that's the natural, you know, sort of match you make outside of Roman, right? For one thing, Seth is a champion. For two, um, I think it's been somewhat documented, you know, like Seth's public comments about CM Punk. So um, that's probably it's okay. If Cody's not the match, then maybe Seth is is the match, you know, for 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 CM Punk at, at WrestleMania. So, um. It, it, I, I did how much of the t- uh, talent knew about this beforehand. We were not even exactly sure. So what is it just Seth, you know, trying to build something himself uh, on the moment? Um, we don't know anything yet. So, but I, I would almost guarantee that that would be a direction that they were planning. So thank you, Kashan. Let's go up next to another call. And this one, let's go to Brian. Thank you for waiting patiently. Oh, no problem at all. Uh, happy to hear from Nate Milton tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so cute that we could uh, try to judge uh, separate companies on their own merits. That's su- such a cute thought that we could possibly do that. Uh, but uh, thumbs up show overall. Uh, the two war games matches definitely the biggest positives for me, and a lot of great uh, moments amongst the two of them, from Dakota Kai's dumb waiter to Randy Orton's spots and the huge RKO and the parade of finishers. That's all well and good. Um, the uh, Seth Seth Rollins flipping off Punk. That's reference to uh, fan footage that was tweeted out. And okay. uh, for for whatever reason, uh, Michael Cole and Corey Graves were the ones holding him back uh, by the cage, and like the Judgment Day were standing up. So, kind of a almost felt like a work shoot type of thing for the fans. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I definitely see that being a direction. But uh, yeah, this is just this road to WrestleMania between now and Mania just very crowded and going to be very busy. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it all comes about and. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all the polite things I could say right now. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not like taking an optimistic pr- approach to this or a pessimistic approach. I'm just watching in terms of punk. So, mm. see how it goes. 
Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you for the thoughts. So maybe just as an aside, do you expect any reference to AEW with CM Punk's first promo? No. Okay. We shall see. Let's go up next to Jake from the Windy City. Jake, were you uh, in attendance at all tonight? Hey, guys. Yeah, I just came back uh, from the show uh, back in my house now after a uh, – I have to wait for an hour because uh, pretty much like after the show, every, uh, the whole flock came together uh, behind the, the All-State Arena where the wrestlers <laughs> where the wrestlers were trying to exit. And pretty much, uh, pretty much it was a standstill for a lot of us in the parking lot. And, yeah, when, when Punk came out and went to the – and tried to exit – Pretty much the flock came together and they were blocking his way um, during that time. So it's like everybody was taking pictures and and selfies and um, it was it was just chaotic, man. Like I, I seeing myself and taking videos of it. I mean, like yeah, there was a lot of like various chants, like CM Punk and and Tony sucks. Um, yeah, it was very chaotic and I, I just couldn't I just couldn't believe uh, uh, what happened. So and I got to say, like like Des, I pretty much pretty much. Um, put this by the weight size that yeah it's it's not going to happen uh but uh yeah i i'm really impressed by what uh, the wwe accomplished here and putting all their past aside and and, and punk as well and to came out with a just a, a memorable moment um yeah it was tremendous <laughs> so i guess maybe speaking to you as somebody from chicago were are were you looking forward to CM Punk being in the WWE? And do you think CM Punk being in the WWE was a good idea? I And I ask this to, to, to maybe request that you can um, divorce tonight's feelings aside. Like going into the show, did you think CM Punk going in was a good idea? Because I, I feel like confident in saying that we all saw this happen and we're all very excited about it now. But before, how did you feel? I was kind of skeptical on how he would – like how his behavior would um, – would I'll be seen uh, here uh, coming along. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you with, with what you're saying way. I still have some skepticism myself, uh, uh, health in the back of my mind and hoping that, uh, and hoping, hoping I'm wrong here, but uh, like what tonight aside, like, you know, def- those feelings definitely went by the wayside. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we were like, like it was definitely like a 60, 40 chance uh, like with, within myself and uh, especially um, uh, among with other people and uh, other people in my section as well. Um, you know, there was some, some booze and, and some, some pro punk chants as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I really, I really do feel for Randy because it kind of took, I don't know about you guys, uh, but it kind of took a little bit of the shine off of Randy's return, but I will say like uh, when everybody was leaving the arena, um, every, uh, that the flock uh, definitely came back to uh, the respect definitely came back to Randy uh, as music hits. And uh, he was taking pictures uh, along, along with the fans. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, even without the punk uh, stuff, I- I'd still say this is a very strong show. I mean, Miz and Gunther uh, really knocked it out of the park and, ex- and exceeded my expectations, um, patients with some of their fluency in the ring and their movements. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was like the, the show itself was, was chaotic, but like, the post show was definitely um, exceeded that uh, when when wrestlers were trying to come uh, come out of the arena and uh, we saw everybody like like Punk was there, um, Janie McDonough, and uh, we saw EO and Kyrie and Bailey trying <laughs> Bailey like just being herded by all the fans that were around them and like I, I kind of felt bad for a lot of them. It was like all this like all the celebrities trying to get away from the paparazzi. It was it was ugh, it was it was crazy. <laughs> 
Uh, very cool. Thank you very much for the call, Jake. I appreciate your uh, live report there for us. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, our wind away in a couple weeks, uh, guys. So thanks so much. Uh, th- thanks, guys, so much uh, for, for doing this. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Talk to you Thank soon. You. Let's go up next to Muggin. Hey, Muggin. What is life? They always come back. <laughs> they always come back. Man. I like I like these uh, uh, various um, um, introductions you've been you've been trying out. Um, yeah, know, it's in just, the recent it's all off the top, all the top. I don't practice yeah. all off the top. <laughs> boy, oh boy, man! Survivor Series this year might could rival the one in two thousand two, which many people consider to be the best one ever because mm. it was already a strong show and we were, you know complete with Randy Orton's return, which was excellent. I mean, man, he put in the he he looked fantastic. I mean, he played the hits. And I was scared, and I was I, I bit on the I bit on the part where he was about to hit RKO J. They had some words, and then that just went away. Mm-hmm. And every and uh, Judgment Day did their job to like make everybody look great. And McDonough, even though I can't stand him, like he really did his part to make you know the last RKO look fantastic. And um, of course, the rear running really had me really had me on edge because mm-hmm. there, there's no way they're going to catch it in that briefcase. All that being said. I kept my guard up when it came when it came to CM Punk, and I, I went downstairs to help my mother help my mother cook. And then when I came back upstairs, they already had been. I was like, "What is this? I, I missed it." And, whew, man, the signature got you. Yeah, it did. It did get me. And uh, hell just rose over again. And uh, well, Triple H is the only happy. Uh, Triple H is the only person that's happy to see, that's happy to have him. Okay. Yeah, this is terrible for Radio Muggin, but he's holding up a picture of Paul Heyman on his cell phone. Yeah. So Imagine uh, the scenes. I I think that's a natural connection for our feud with Roman Reigns, isn't it? You know? Potentially. The former Potentially. client, you know, a Paul yeah. Heyman guy now feuding with a, a Roman Reigns who's a Paul Heyman guy. So <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like <laughs> could be fun. okay, Muggin. I'm just look, okay, look, I I promise the excitement's gonna wear off tomorrow, but in the moment, it's just like it'd be all these possibilities running through my head. Yeah. I mean you got you got Reigns, you got you got Rollins, who was basically who who, who didn't look too happy because he was flipping him off as as he went off the air. Yeah. Okay, now that being put aside, um, Miz and Gunther overachieved. I mean, Miz played a smart game by by not going toe to toe with him. He tried to be crafty and try, try to like you know cheat, which is yeah. which was clever because. Going toe to toe with Gunther is just yeah. mugging. We we can't really do a full match, uh, full show recap, unfortunately, because we're we're running up to the top of the hour. We're going to try to cut this okay. off before we hit two. But and, um, and finally, before, just last night, finally, yeah. the War Games match was excellent. The women's War Games match was excellent. He was creating that spot, the trash can spot for three years ago. It was very good. Bailey was MVP, and come Friday, she's gained she's gained the boot. We shall see. Okay. Thank you, Mugging. Appreciate yeah, the call as always. Let's go up next to Hanzi. Hey, Hanzi. What's going on, man? Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. It's a tight. I mean, for a five 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 match show, it's still pretty tiring. Still, I, you know, I mean, I'm not cut out to go out for these pay per views, but um, I thought the show. You're not getting much shorter than this, Hanzi. This is a, this is probably the the shortest one you're gonna get. I think I think it's I think it's the, it's the advertise the advertisements and the promo packages that you know like make it kind of more exhausting for me. I don't know. I I you know I agree with you. I mean it's not like you know how exhausted I am with AEW shows and pay per views and all that. But um I I thought uh, the women's match. I I think I wasn't as into the creative going in for the women's match. Like there was intriguing stuff about it, but I just wasn't as invested. I thought it was still decent. The men's one I really, really liked. I thought uh, 
Orton looked fucking awesome. You know, oh, sorry. I, 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 was, I don't want to swear too often, but uh, no, I thought Orton looked awesome. I thought um, uh, like it was laid out a lot better. I thought the characters were all heated. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I like the Santos match, and I like the uh, the Miz match delivered for me for what it was. You know what I mean? I just like that Miz was kind of going. At the end of the day, people were mad that Miz didn't win, and I was like, I was like, it's like, listen, at the end of the day, I didn't think he was going to win, but it, there's nothing wrong with heating up an icy title match to make people care that you want to win. You know what I mean? So even if people thought they were going to win, that's still cool that they got a good match out of it. And uh, before I go, the CM Punk stuff, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of I, I expected uh, as the week went on. There was like a, a, an account on Reddit that said he had inside knowledge. And he's like, if if I'm wrong, you can ban me from the subreddit forever. So I guess that guy is gonna be like, you know, you know, a given. Someone's like he's an insider. So I don't know. They always had that on Reddit. But I mean, listen, uh, I think I think the I, listen. I know it's business. I just think it's funny that the company that almost killed him, you know, it's he's going back, but maybe that will lead for good promos, I guess. I don't know, right? But I am looking forward to the more challengers he has on there. And I, I, I actually would um, have Seth and uh, CM Punk be the Rumble match because uh, the, the footage I saw, I, I'm already on Seth's side because like, Seth was like, Trying to go at him, and uh, they're holding him back. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I, I, for TV, I could see him doing Nakamura for a bit. I don't know. Maybe if Nakamura is uh, targeting Cody. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you guys that Orton should go to SmackDown. I think, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Do you guys? Before I go, do you guys think for WrestleMania we're going to get this forced discourse around? Oh, who should main event? Should it be Cody or is a big money match Roman Reigns? I can see them do. I, I can think that they'll be forced into doing like a a triple threat or something like that. But I actually would be interested in seeing how that discourse plays out between the uh who, who would be the bigger match? Because honestly, I'm more I'd be more excited for a Roman Reigns and CM Punk match. That's been like built since the podcast, and I've been looking forward to that for the whole. They got so much ammo with Paul Heyman and the history of that. So I'll leave you guys with that. But anyways, good show guys. I, I enjoyed uh, your recap, man. Peace out. Thank Thanks, you, Hansi. Uh, I think they'll certainly play with the idea that punk could rival any of the champions and how that might disrupt Cody's um, campaign for Roman Reigns title. Um, ultimately it's, it's, it's the big match to make like that. That is yeah. the big match uh, to make. And it's one that you, Unlike Cody, you can't bank on Punk for like next year if you're going to do it. But this that yeah. that also doesn't have to be at, at Mania either. Yeah, I, I see them ultimately sticking with Cody and, and Roman Reigns. But listen, the 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 sort of uh, Dwayne Johnson variable can completely skews that. So they have a lot of big players uh, for this WrestleMania season. So we'll see how they handle it. Uh, okay, last call very quickly. Brandon from New Jersey, what did you think of tonight's show? Can you hear me? No. Yes, we can. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was pretty uh, crazy, man. I didn't expect that one bit, man. I thought uh, I thought we'd move on with our lives, and maybe they'd save this for like Royal Rumble season. But uh, yeah, man, uh, our truth coming back—that's a incredible. Uh, return, I had no man. doubt in my mind that that is where you were going. I had, like, literally no <laughs> doubt at all that that was what you were talking about. Oh man, our troop that had me in stitches. Man. I didn't expect that to happen. Man. He's a funny guy, man. Witty dude. But nah, I mean, CM Punk. I, 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 I like this outfit too. He was, he was like he was gonna uh, like a Mater D at a, at a Starbucks or something with the white the, the, the Brian Danielson special. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 
Triple H all up in the videos, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Um, is this, this going to get you out to uh, Lincoln Financial Field next April? Uh, I'm more excited for the DDT show in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Philly. But, uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably show up. You never know. Got Are you going to be there? No, probably not. <laughs> I think I'm staying home. Oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, I'll let you go. It's been a long night. Uh, I just wanted to check in, say hello, and uh, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man? Short and sweet. Olivier hey. Aubon Mercier, two time winner. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My first Canadian champion. Okay. Good night, Brandon. Okay. Thank you. Good what night, did you, what did he win? He won the uh, the lightweight uh, PFL championship, the million dollar prize for the second year in a row. So, oh wow, good for him, dude! One of the highest <laughs> earners in Canadian MMA, probably has made the second most amount of money um, of any Canadian. I would bet in those two years he's made more than Rory McDonald did. Wow, unbelievable! Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, uh, very always nice a guy. cool guy, Olivier yeah. Aubameyang. All right, let's go to some feedback at forum.postwrestling.com where our Post Wrestling Cafe patrons can leave their written thoughts after every one of our shows. Let's start here. I'll start, John, with BG from the UK. A three-hour pay-per-view was much appreciated in the UK. I was at all in the summer at Wembley Stadium for CM Punk versus so- Samoa Joe. I really hope Punk makes it to Mania as we were at Mania 30 and missed out on Punk at the Superdome when he left after the Rumble. What an absolutely crazy 14 months for CM Punk. So so BG think, uh, is really hoping that CM Punk stays in this company for four months uh four or five months so we'll see there you go cody from maine almost everyone goes back turns out punk was no exception surprising but perhaps it shouldn't be even if it's the place that made him sick in the first place he was hardly the first to heavily criticize the company only to go back spite is one hell of a motivator for the first time in a decade the side he was most spiteful towards wasn't the wwe with changes to the corporate structure that sees hostile faces in a weaker spot than nearly a decade ago perhaps with certain mma-based allies down the picture to act as mediator along with a bitter breakup with the only other viable show in town. And I'm sure a whole lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure um, some of those things had something to do with it. All right, let's go up next to Manny from Pacoima. Did I stop being a fan once the AEW drama started? Yes. Did I never want to see Punk in AEW or in another company? Yes. Was I excited when Living Color released a remaster of Cult of Personality yesterday? Yes. Did I jump out of my seat when his music hit to end off the show? Hell Yeah. Really solid pay-per-view overall. The women's war games match was excellent. Miz versus Gunther had me believing a title change could happen. Santos versus Dragon Lee was good for the time it was given, though I'm iffy on the destroyer being called the South of the Border Destroyer. Name it after an Aztec god instead. Now I'm off to buy the officially licensed WWE CM Punk merch. Jeez, yes. All right, here was, here was the, the joke that earlier today Ryback tweeted, if CM Punk returns tonight, I will retire. <laughs> so that was the... Uh... Oh, okay. Promise right. from Ryback. Uh, let's go to Nas here from New York City. Really great sub three hour show, even before Punk came out. What do you think the chain of command at TKO was for resigning CM Punk? Is it something that would have been signed off on just by Triple H and Nick Khan? Also, what role Vince may have played in the decision making process? I mean, if you go by like what was stated, it seems like this was a Paul Levesque, Nick Khan um, uh, initiative. Simple as that, right? You yeah. know, we we haven't seen the press conference yet, but John read some over some notes. Um, I'm sure more details will be revealed in the days ahead. And that wraps it up, John, for our Survivor Series post show. Again, thank you to everybody who is watching us live. Do us a favor, subscribe, youtube.com slash post wrestling. We're back every Monday, Wednesday, and our for our post wrestling cafe patrons every Friday and more. Tons of bonus shows here out in the cafe. Over one thousand bonus shows currently in our archives, including this coming week's edition of Rewind Away, John. 
Yes, we will be chatting ECW December to Dismember featuring CM Punk from December of 2006. We will go back. We will look at the state of ECW six months into its relaunch under the WWE umbrella. So a whole look at WWECW coming up this Thursday on Rewind Away. And uh, all we ask is you uh, hit the subscribe button. But if you want to take the extra jump and join us, postwrestlingcafe.com, it helps uh, support post-wrestling and uh, all the people that work for the site as well with all of these multiple shows on a monthly basis. And you will get Collision Course dropping on Sunday with Kate from Montreal and John Cena. Not just collision course, but uh, uh, I guess uh, rampage, uh, the rampage romp, okay, <laughs> is what I'm calling it because, yeah, another three hour show from AEW. So get caught up with everything. I'm, I'm assuming most of you missed by listening to Kate with, with a CM Punk reference, no less, on AEW programming tonight. Ooh, oh, really? Well, there okay. you go. You got to tune in to hear Kate and John dissect the, mm-hmm. the bigger CM Punk news out yeah. of uh malachi black's mouth all right that's it for us thanks to everyone that uh that tuned in a lot of people logging in for this show we're back monday night with rewind rewind a raw moments after the show so that is it for our survivor series review have a good night